Hey, man, is that the Rock News Weekly Podcast? Yeah, man. Well, turn it up, man. This is Rock News Weekly. Every week, we bring you all the latest headlines in rock, metal, indie, grunge, alt, and classic rock news. This week's new releases, this week in music history trivia, movies, pop culture, and more. Now on to this week's episode. This week on the Rock News Weekly Podcast, week of February 13th, 2023, season five, episode number six. This week we talk about Travis Barker injuring himself during rehearsals for Blink-182's upcoming world tour. Rumors are swirling that the Foo Fighters may be releasing a new album next month in March. Linkin Park announcing Meteora's 20th anniversary with a super deluxe box set and more. Plus this week in rock and roll history trivia, weekly WTF, and so much more. All of our links are up at rocknewsweekly.com and watch us live every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time at twitch.tv slash rocknewsweekly and on demand at YouTube at rocknewsweekly. All right, guys, it's time for the Rock News Weekly Podcast. What's up, everybody? Chris here, as well as David. What's up, David? Uh, things are good. Things are good. That's things good. good. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. We're are, not... you, are, you, uh, are you really excited? As you, you can tell, I'm wearing my uh, soccer jersey, so I'm a huge football fan. <laughs> the, real, yeah. the real football. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, I'm not, you know, hey, I'm a 49ers fan. We didn't make it. We, we got pretty close this year, but, uh, you know. Hey, no big deal. I'm not a huge sports fan anyway. It's more about the excuse to be with friends, drink, and eat a bunch of food. And that's basically it. Right? That's why I right. like about it. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, let's get it going. This is the week of February 13th, as we mentioned. Super Bowl, by the time you guys are hearing this, it was yesterday uh, for all of us uh, on the uh, audio podcast side of things. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash rocknewsweekly. Create an account. It's free. You get notified. You can set up notifications whenever we go live. You guys can tune in and watch the episode live as we do it. So this is Season 5, Episode number 6. Lots of things to talk about this week, including Travis Barker injuring himself during rehearsals for Blink-182's upcoming world tour. That's uh, a pretty bad injury. We, we got some photos of that, so I'll show you guys that. Also, rumors are swirling of Foo Fighters may be releasing a new album in March, so we'll talk about that. Linkin Park announcing the Meteora 20th anniversary with a super deluxe box set. We'll go over the details, what's included in that. Plus, this week, Rock and Roll History Trivia, all that good stuff, Weekly WTF, everything at rocknewsweekly.com. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all at Rock News Weekly. And as I mentioned, twitch.tv slash rocknewsweekly to watch us live. All right, tour news this week. Disturbed announced their big tour of the year with Breaking Benjamin, Theory of a Dead Man, and Ginger. These guys are actually really good at the bottom of the bill there, Ginger. They're from Ukraine, and they actually had to cancel their tour last year because of all the stuff going on in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And it was a serious kind of deal for them. They turned their tour into a fundraising campaign for their own hometown. Um, and, and I think they supported a lot of the other uh, areas in Ukraine that they weren't from. Uh, but they're a pretty big band there. And so now they're coming back on the tour now that they've kind of attended to their home turf first, so to speak, and make sure their people are okay and supported. Now they're going to come back on the road. They said all, a lot of the funds coming from this tour are going to go directly back into Ukraine. So... I thought that was kind of cool. So if you guys are fans of Ginger or just supporting uh, that idea, Disturbed is going to be supporting that. So I thought that was cool. They brought them along on this major, major tour. They're definitely going to get a nice paycheck. They deserve it. So i um, not a huge fan of Disturbed personally, but Breaking Benjamin, 
they're pretty good live. And Theory of a Dead Man, they're okay. Uh, I saw them at Aftershock. I'm not a huge fan, but Ginger Breaking Benjamin, pretty solid there. Well, uh, you know, as someone with uh, blonde eyebrows, yes, I, f- I find it <laughs> really heartwarming <laughs> to see that there are some gingers out there that are being supported and loved. And there, the spelling of this is very clever. It's J-I-N-J-E-R, but yeah, we all know what they mean. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, let's keep it going here with the tour news. We got some more tour announcements. Uh, oops. Scrolled past that. Fallout Boy and Bring Me the Horizon, Royal and the Serpent, Alkaline Trio, Newfound Glory, Four Years Strong, and some other bands on this one. Each each uh, set of dates has different openers, so it's not all on one tour, even though that would be pretty awesome. Uh, looks like we're getting a date here July 5th. Mountain View at the shoreline, and it looks like with this little symbol. What the heck yeah, is, that? is that? <laughs> I can't tell. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who's gonna be on the bill. No idea. It'll be a surprise. Daisy Grenade, July fifth oh. in Mountain View. So if you guys are interested in that, Fallout Boy, Bring Me the Horizon, major major tour all across the U.S. Uh, Alter Bridge with Seven Dust. Mostly East Coast and Southern dates here. Uh, we're not getting anything here on the West Coast. This is all in May. Uh, Alter Bridge, Seven Dust. Looks like North Carolina, Florida. Yeah, the only Tennessee. LA we got is Louisiana. Yep, not not close enough. So uh, Seven Dust doing it, kind of an East Coast and Southern tour. So for you guys in those states, check it out. Uh, Duran Duran, check them out, huh? Good stuff. Duran Duran, future past North American tour with Nile Rodgers and Sheik, which is kind of cool. That's a cool opener. Uh, I'd love to see Nile Rodgers and Sheik. Amazing guitar player on those Daft Punk albums. Uh, just a super cool dude from what I've seen. Uh, and he, they got a, a good slew of dates here. They're coming to Sacramento. Stuff. Yeah, no, uh, Las Vegas. Um, yeah, all over the place. So Duran Duran, huge tour for them in 2023 and that's happening it looks like in our area august 24th and 26th uh west coast dates so check that out guys all right rock news this week let's uh switch it over to the uh, prep so you guys can see this photo here travis barker injuring himself on this blink 182 uh rehearsal uh binge that he's been on they he's been really rehearsing hard this past couple months and just recently he posted this photo a couple photos uh on the left you could see it swollen there and then on the right you could see actually his um getting injected with something directly on that knuckle it looks like uh he says quote i was playing drums at rehearsals yesterday smashed my finger so hard i dislocated it and tore the ligaments oh man jeez and Avenge Sevenfold's Them Shadows commented on that. Damn, nothing worse than a lingering injury on tour. Get better soon. So, yeah, I mean, that's got to suck, especially for a drummer, right? That's like, that'd be like a guitar player. You know, that's my playing hand. I'm on the neck of the guitar, and I injure my finger like that. Yeah, that's the dentist with carpal tunnel. Yeah. That's that's terrible. His his finger there, it looks like it my looks horrible. 93-year-old grandma's <laughs> finger rest her soul, right? It looks terrible. It does. It looks really, really bad. It looks like it's almost the size of a golf ball, uh, that ring finger joint. Man, that's gnarly. So he must have slammed that on the snare, I'm guessing. I think he's a left-handed snare uh, drummer, but I don't know where he hit that. But damn, that's that's gnarly. So get better soon, Travis. Bar- they, they're they going out on tour next month. I don't know how he's going to 
manage that. I wonder. I wonder if it's one of those uh, <sighs> swollen, like the tendency to swell up in the ligaments is is going to make it look worse mm. than it will look in a in a little while. Yeah, maybe you're right about that. But if they tore, if he tore the he ligaments, tore it, that's bad. I mean, he needs to put that at least for a month. Like, oh man, I don't know what he's going to do there. So, bummer. Okay. Here is the box set, the Super Deluxe box set. Let me make this a little bit bigger so you guys can see a little bit more of it. Um, Meteora, 20th anniversary. Uh, made me feel pretty old that this album from Linkin Park came out oh, in 2003. Man. 2003, 20, 20th anniversary now. And that was after high school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two years <laughs> after high school, and it's 20 years ago now. Um, so, yes, this came out in April of... 2003, so they're going to release this on April 7th, 2023. 200 bucks, and you get a ton of stuff, though. I gotta say, for what they're putting in here, it's pretty, pretty darn definitive in terms of if you're a fan of this album, this has got to be on your list. I mean, for 200 bucks, you're paying 20 bucks for an album these days, anyway. Yeah, and really. That that's how many I mean, albums you got there. So yeah, check this out. Let's let's go through all the stuff that's on this. You're going to get five LPs. You'll get the Meteora LP, Live in Texas, double album, a debut vinyl release on that, too. Never been out. Live in Nottingham, 2003, never been released, uh, two LP on that, so five LPs total. Then you're going to get four CDs, Meteora, LPU Rarities 2.0, Live Rarities, 2003 to 2004, Lost Demos, previously unreleased, and three DVDs, check this out, including four previously unreleased concerts. Veterans Stadium 2003, Seoul 2003, Manila 2004, Live in Denver 2004, and then a making of kind of uh, documentary. But that's pretty darn, that's good. I'd say, I mean, all those things are worth at least like 20 bucks a pop, and you get all of them here in this uh, box set. And you get a deluxe packaging, 40-page book, poster, a full-size poster, uh, a litho created by Delta, the artist featured on the album cover. Retro sticker, stencil, download card. Pretty solid there for the fans. Um, and if that that's a major album in your life and you that's that's a definitive one, this is a pretty solid copy. Uh, I, I think that's really cool. And, of course, they're going to have the basic 20th anniversary, you know. You could just get the CD or whatever, but that's pretty darn cool. And I think these are limited. And Now, I have yeah. to say I'm noticing that... You know, Lincoln spelled with the K-I-N yes. instead of the C-O-L-N. That was the new metal way, David. Right? And then the <laughs> K-Project spelled with the K. With a K. Now, is there, like, a, a standard orthography for new metal? <laughs> that's a great question. I'm I mean, there's a lot of No, that's a that's here. a good point. Um, I, I don't know. That's a great question. Corn with the backwards yeah, K. Yeah, they got to have uh, some kind of there's common. something there common language yes i wonder if they have any classes at corn camp about that <laughs> you know maybe that could be something that we feature there uh, uh you know uh, a new metal um lithography uh or i think i heard about something yeah like that. you know we'll have to look into that yeah we did hear about some new things happening at corn camp you guys may be hearing about them uh pretty darn soon there's gonna be some new features out there uh, we'll get to that another time though all right so this week though reporting New Foo Fighters album coming out next month, and this is all based off of what a British DJ said on the air. So somebody caught this. He says, they were playing a track, Foo Fighters track Walk, and he said coming out of the song, he goes, I love that song so much, Foo Fighters and Walk. 
They got a new album coming out in March, Foo Fighters, which I'm very much looking forward to. Went on with his shift and never returned to the subject. The band's management has yet to comment. But do you think he knows something we we don't? Or do you think he was just talking out of his ass? Or do you think he kind of spilled the beans there inadvertently? What do you think? It I it looks like one of those an inadvertent bean spillers. Yeah, yeah, like a Freudian slip or something. Kind of said what was in his subconscious. Yeah, and yeah. maybe didn't really even notice it. Yeah, so maybe that new album is coming out in March. Uh, that would be big news, and maybe Foo Fighters would be trying to put that under wraps, and maybe he kind of let the cat out of the bag there, so to speak. So that would kind of suck. Let's see what the PR is. We'll have to see. Uh, Foo Fighters got a lot of dates. They're all festival dates. Um, they're going to be in Boston, May 26th, Columbus, May 28th, Germany, uh, Sao Paulo, uh, all kinds of places this summer. Uh, but all major festivals. You guys could check them out. We'll see what happens with this album rumor, though. I'm kind of interested about that. We'll see. Okay, so have you heard this uh, claim that um, Kiss and Paul Stanley specifically lip syncs during the uh, concerts? Uh, Kiss's concerts, live shows, that Paul Stanley is lip-syncing during the majority of the Kiss concert, right? That's what people are hmm. claiming. So here's there's a YouTube page. It's called Sinkin' Stanley. So they've created a <laughs> YouTube page based off of this that apparently has a lot of footage from concerts where it, it shows him kind of stepping away from the mic and you can steer, still hear the vocals going, stuff like that, right? So... <laughs> This guy, the manager, uh, which is like the main dude, he's been Kiss's manager for a long time. He was asked about this recently. His name is Doc McGee, and he spoke with this, uh, the YouTube page. They actually reached out to him, this Sinkin' Stanley YouTube page, got a hold of Doc McGee, the manager for Kiss, and asked him point blank, uh, is Paul Stanley lip syncing? And this is what he says, uh, Doc McGee, the manager. He says, quote, he sings every track, so he sings to it. So he's not lip syncing. He fully sings. It's enhanced. It's just part of the process to make sure that everybody hears the songs the way they should be sang to begin with. Nobody wants to hear people do stuff that's not real. That's not what they came to hear. And then they pushed him to further clarify, and he says if he's actually, quote, actually saying there are backing tracks that Stanley is singing to, which McGee said he'll sing to tracks. It's all part of a process because everybody wants to hear everybody sing, but he fully sings to every song, end quote. So to me, it's not that he's lip-syncing, he's singing along with a pre-recorded backing track over the PA, and he's singing along with it. So it's not that he's lip-syncing, he's like he's accompanying the vocals. So what do you think of that? Ah, uh, well... If that, uh, that's what, According to them, that's think, what they're saying. Do you think that Millie Vanilli sang to the tracks <laughs> um, that's that's a good point and I think Millie Vanilli they probably didn't just move their mouth I think they were probably singing to along with their pre-recorded tracks but maybe they were just straight up lip syncing maybe they weren't singing at, in the microphones at I all. mean I'll tell you I talk a lot and <laughs> sometimes those old vocal cords they get tired so I, I shoot man if, if you knew that he was singing to a backing track, would it even bother you if you were seeing him in concert? I mean, if it's Kiss, no. 
right? I mean, it's like that. The the whole thing it's is not a, it's a whole process. It's not a Dell. Right? It's, it's not, a whole process. It's not it's, Pavarotti. Yeah, well, yeah. You know what well, I mean? Because I mean, the thing about it is, when someone is doing the acrobatics, and that's the amazement, right? Then yeah, I guess you know it's it's like it's like going to the circus, and and knowing this person could fall, right? And I've seen someone fall at the circus. Yeah, it's yeah. Terrible. But uh, but if they're really not, I mean, it's Kiss. It's like it's not, it's not known for the. I mean, there's a lot of falsetto. No, like, but it's not. They're it's not, not relying on the vocals. Yeah. Like, yeah, so it, that doesn't bug me too. Yeah, much. I hear you. Right? And at least he's being honest. I I, I at least yeah, respected I mean, him for going on this art, YouTube you know? page and, and at least talking with him and being like, no, this is the way it is. So Doc McGee kind of setting the record straight. I thought that was cool. So yeah, I don't mind that. And and you know me either. At this point in their career, it's like who cares, right? Yeah. Maybe if they were younger, it would be a big deal. Okay, this was kind of cool. We're going to end the rock news on this kind of funny story that uh, Jim Carrey got some headlines this week. Um, so Pantera's on their kind of reunion tour without Dimebag Daryl, the original guitarist from Pantera. Um, and so everybody's kind of sharing stories about Pantera, Dimebag Daryl. Apparently Jim Carrey, he's a huge metal fan. Uh, he's He loves metal, and he loves Pantera. And he talks about the first time that he heard Pantera and a really cool story of actually how he met Dimebag Daryl in a hotel part or a hotel lobby. So, if you remember, David, do you remember the movie Ace Ventura? Uh, I I do. Do you remember that scene where he goes into the club and uh, there was a metal band playing uh, in the, in the club? Do you remember that scene at all? I don't know if I remember it that. Okay, well, well this this scene featured a band, Cannibal Corpse. No. Cannibal Corpse, they were from Florida, and they were actually filming in Florida for the movie, and Jim Carrey was a fan and actually suggested them to the producers of the movie for the live band for that shot, and they're in it, and we're going to watch it right now, and I want you guys to see this scene because it's, it's fantastic. It's, it's just such a great scene in the movie, and this will set it up for um, uh, the uh, what I'm talking about with Ace Ventura, or <laughs> Ace Ventura. <laughs> With Jim Carrey and how he's such a big metal fan with Pantera. Okay. So this is a cool little, it's just a 50-second clip. Uh, I want to put it on the Twitch channel so you guys can watch it with us. If you guys are watching twitch.tv slash rocknewsweekly, you guys can watch all this stuff with us. So here we go. I'm going to play this for you guys. Here's from Ace Ventura. Here's Cannibal Corpse's cameo. Check it out. <laughs> Look at that. Watch him when he comes in to dance, he starts dancing. <laughs> Put his gum in. <laughs> Excuse me, it's Greg here. Thank you. <laughs> Making his way through the mosh pit. And that's it. Uh, that was Cannibal Corpse's uh, uh, little cameo there. But pretty pretty great, right? One of the, the greatest little uh, metal cameos in movie history. Uh, all courtesy of Jim Carrey. And apparently he was a huge metalhead, as you could tell just from that. But uh, Now, watch. do you know, did that, did that boost... 
Did that boost them much? It did, actually. Yeah, it did. That was a big deal for them. And it was a big deal in the metal community when it happened. Well, it cool. was like a band of that that aggression and that that type of metal to be shown in a major Hollywood film was like... That was a pretty big deal. It was like seeing a skateboarder in the 90s. Yeah, the movie, and you'd right? be like, look at that, yeah. A lot of street cred, you know? All right, so check this out. This is what made headlines this week, was this interview clip talking about how he met Pantera in a hotel. Oh, my gosh. Deep Purple Machine Head. I love that stuff, man. I'm a, I'm a metalhead, so I listen to it. It's funny, like in the movie, you have a, there's a moment where Pantera's walk has like a needle drop. And I was yeah. like, dude, like, like that's I've I, Pantera's one of my favorite bands. I was going back. I was like, Ace Ventura had a Cannibal Corpse moment in it. The first you know, time Limp I ever heard Pantera, I was driving down to San Diego to do a concert, <laughs> and at a theater, and uh, to check into the hotel. And uh, me and my manager Jimmy Miller at the time, we uh, we put Pantera on, and I had never heard anything like it. Yeah. And it hit me on such a level of like extreme like stimulation <laughs> that I just started laughing uncontrollably <laughs> the whole for the entire track. <laughs> like this, like nervously laughing, like what is happening right now? And then we went to check into the hotel <laughs> and uh, the guys behind us in the line checking into the hotel were Pantera. Wait, no way. was Dimebag Daryl there, the guitar player? Yes. We oh. turned around, we went like, are you kidding me? Are you <laughs> kidding me? This I, is too weird, man. That's, that's, that's my life. I never got to see Dimebag Daryl live. Listen, they're giving me two minutes left. I, I... All right, that was it. But uh, that, that was a cool little clip, cool little story of Jim Carrey just kind of sharing that. And uh, yeah, I got to meet Dimebag Daryl back then. And uh, he's a huge metalhead himself. So Wait, I... I really like how he explained that, how he was just laughing <laughs> yeah. as he listened. Because you think of people like Jim Carrey or uh, Robin Williams. Right. Those people who have that reactive, sort of improvisational intellect that yep. you can tell they really are taking in what's around them. Right. And it affects them. And yeah. he was just so <laughs> affected Overstimulated. By that, right? like, he's just like, like not uh, react. Like, <laughs> convulsing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great, right? Fucking awesome. Okay, so we got some rock birthdays this week to get to. Let's do it. All right, rock birthdays this week. David, go ahead. Take it away, man. Michael McDonald, singer for the Doobie Brothers, is 71. 71. Look at him singing. It's Michael McDonald. Oh, yeah. He's quite a clean-cut young man. He is. He's very, very clean-cut. His glasses, really. Uh, it looks like an engineering major. Uh, Steve <laughs> Hackett, former guitarist of Genesis, is 73. 73. Yep, yep, yep. Axel W. Axel Rose. No, what is he? Lead w singer for? of Guns N' Roses. I'm gonna guess it's uh, William. Ah, huh? okay. Right? Has he ever yeah. like, ever had a Billy in there? Yeah, could be. Right? He's 61. Billy Rose. Right? <laughs> Old Billy Rose. My grandmother called me Billy. <laughs> Look at those um, snakeskin boots too. Look at them. Look at the pointy little tip on the end there. What, what color are those? I'm colorblind. They look like blue, blue, black. Like that, really? That's 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 a confidence <laughs> oh that's it oh we just wow. got two was that two, three birthdays three birthdays this week that's right i remember going through that this Man. week and i was like yeah there's not very many birthdays this week all right well we got some uh trivia to well first let's do an ad let's do an ad real quick 
and then we'll get to the trivia in just a second. All right, how about we do the good old classic? And now a message from one of our sponsors. Kids, 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 kids. Do you like corn? Do you like camp? Are you tired of the same boring routine in that dull Midwestern opiate infested farm town? Punching walls in the arms of your friends and moshing in your stepdad basement like a freak? Are you a freak? You're a freak! Then head down to our kids' camp in sunny Bakersfield, California, where we've remodeled 40 acres of shitty asphalt, old dollar stores, and tire shops into an island-style corn maze and campground just for you, freak! Two weeks of 10-hour a day camp courses brought to you by our favorite new metal group, Corn, Corn, Corn! Each day is jam-packed with individual lessons from these grindy, whiny, screaming giants of rock. Including Wednesday to Sunday, four-hour nightly sessions on head bandana folding straight from bassist Reginald Fieldy Arvizu. A daily two-hour nature walk, spotting both alive and dead ground squirrels with James Monkey Schaefer on the side of California's infamous Interstate 5. Yeah! An incredible three-hour-long daily lesson with frontman Jonathan Spunky Davis on how to effectively ruin a hard-ass song with the 30-second interlude of whiny voice and out-of-sync instruments. And as a special treat, former band member Brian Head Welch personally crawls under the blankets by your feet to wake you at 4 a.m. with fervent prayer whispers, then leads you to a wet spot in a lawn where he anoints you with the soot in the name of evangelical Jesus Christ. Brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. That's pretty disturbing. Bless, 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 bless. Hour of Power by 10-time Academy Award nominee and Moon Children of Bulganathon cult veteran, Tildy Sweeney-Doo. My God! Bedtime loudspeaker reading of Maze for the Gods, unearthing the 9,000-year-old history of corn, and much, much, much more! So tell your parents to get online now, you freak! Wow, corn camp sounds so cool! They better fucking bust out that almost maxed out credit card and visit www.corncampwithallks.com and bust a load of 2K on the best damn three weeks of your life at Corn Camp! Corn Camp! Corn Camp! Not an officially licensed product. Corn Camp not legally tied to ban corn. Special taxes and rates may apply. Not available to residents in the state of Wisconsin or to Fred Durst or any Limp Bizkit affiliates. All rights reserved. Rocknewsweekly.com. Yeah, it's from somewhere. I can't remember where I got it. 90210. Something like that. It's uh, it's good stuff. It's actually from Corn Camp. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, the Corn yeah. Camp theme song. Come on. Oh, oh, it's time for, uh, for what do we got? Trivia. Trivia. It's trivia time. This week in rock and roll history, trivia. All right, yes. This week. In rock and roll history trivia, we got to go all the way back to the swinging 60s, David. All the way back to 1964. This band plays their very first U.S. concert. It takes place at the Washington Coliseum, Washington, D.C. Also on the bill are Tommy Rowe, the Chiffons, and the Carvels. All great bands, right? Who was it? Was it A, the Rolling Stones, B, the Beatles, C, Pink Floyd, or was it D, 
David Cocaine Crosby and the New Wave Mod Hepcats. David Crosby doing donuts on stage with his Vespa, a group of Belgian mimes, a large plate of cocaine, and a Russian circus bear spinning plates. Was that that's the bear that was in the in the war? Sadly, yes. <laughs> that bear didn't uh, last didn't, very didn't much. I don't think bear. he made it past the tour. To be honest, you know. Um, let's go. Well, is that what? What's that? When was that? F- the famous, you know, crazy Beatles thing. I know. Was that '64? I don't know. And if all it was the girls were '63. Right? I don't know. Yeah, that, I'll go with the Beatles. Let's this was Beatles. this was their original concert. Who was it? Yes, I should you, know this stuff. You would be absolutely correct. It yeah. was the Beatles playing their first concert. Here's a photo from them getting off the plane. Uh, and it was a big deal, of course. Uh, They're this is so cute. February seventh, nineteen sixty-four. Isn't that crazy? What is that? Almost um, sixty years ago now. Gosh, it's twenty twenty-three, nineteen sixty-four. So yeah. What's that sign behind them? I think it's Pan Am. That's oh, Pan Am, okay. uh, the okay. airline. Yeah, it's, there's the plane. Oh, that's the door of the yeah, airplane. Yeah, yeah, and then they're just uh, looks like someone's there. holding the, the sign up. Okay, so there you go. Beatles on this day in 1964. Okay, so we got some new rock metal album releases in less than 30 seconds. And, guys, we have a brand-new snazzy 30-second timer that we are going to debut this week. David, are you ready? Uh, Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, so let's get it going here. We're going to do a 30-second timer. Let's go. Uh, Funerals, let their earth be silent. Lansdowne, medicine. Leprous, apelian, tour edition. (laughs) Memoriam, rise to power. Mithridatum, harrowing. Uh, Nervo chaos. Thonic wrath. Ruskava, (laughs) kaja, turbo polka party. Uh, Sang sukes in a bog, something. Homicidal ecstasy, the winery dogs three. Um, Woo. Lorchestra and Zandria, the wonders still awaiting. And I, I just realized these are... Oh, you did it just in time. Look Those that. are very similar to last week. Right? Because they are last week's. Oh. <laughs> and I did not update them. So there you go. My well, favorite, I got them. I had some practice. My favorite album, Turbo Polka Party. Right? That sounds a little uh, like Weird Al kind so, of-esque. Yeah, that's that's all from last week. I didn't update that, guy. So too bad. You'll it figure, happens. You'll, it you'll happens. figure it out. Um, all right, movie, TV, entertainment news this week. Pamela Anderson reportedly believes Tommy Lee is still her one true love. So she sent this big old long text really? to Tommy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's I going on. I thought you in love with Julian Assange or something I, like that. I, I don't know. Sources close to her say that she's not trying to break up his marriage. She's just trying to express gratitude for their history. But he, she, she sent this one big long text of like, oh, you know, the media was trying to break us up. I still love you, all this stuff. And it made its way to TikTok and TMZ. And I think it's because Ay-yo. Tommy Lee's wife was not very happy about it. Um, his current wife, uh, Brittany Furlan, um, they say that these messages are, quote, very triggering for him and his current wife, Brittany Furlan. Um, so, <laughs> I don't know. You think she's trying to break up their marriage and kind of uh, be a little uh, sneaky with that? Or do you think that it's just coming from a place of honesty, like she's trying to close that chapter in her life? Sent a big text to him like, hey, thank you for everything. I still, I appreciate you. I wish we could be together, but whatever. Things are different now. You think that's meant to, like, kind of, you know, mess with the the relationship now in a way that Well, so how did to? the text, how did the text get out? Yeah, we don't know about that. That's we, the question we don't I know how TMZ and yeah, TikTok. Yeah, how did they get a hold of it? Right. Because if, if it was something that she, because, I mean, would, would, 
Would Tommy Lee leak that? I think so, yes. I think that Tommy Lee or his wife specifically would, would leak Because they could get a lot of, I mean, people are mm-hmm. apt to think a little more about Pamela Anderson, maybe. I don't know. if they, if they I, I mean, I don't like to assume someone else is, like, uh, being all self-serving or something like that. But you could get a little bit of... Yeah, a little bit of press, a little fanfare. I don't know. know. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things. It could be, it could be for that, or it could just be from a place of honesty. I don't know. I guess we'll see uh, how how they kind of handle it and deal with it in the the coming weeks. That's 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 rough. All right. So uh, a lot of these '90s film franchises get in the reboot, and the latest one. I know what you did last summer with Jennifer Love Hewitt and Freddie Prince Jr. They're coming back. As like the parents of the the new people who are, uh, we don't know. We don't know what the hell the plot would be. I have no idea, but they're gonna be they're gonna be in it, um, and it's, and it's happening. So. Jennifer Love Hewitt, Freddie what, Prince Jr. What have they been up to for the past? Well, isn't years? Freddie Prince Jr.'s like family man? Is he? Is he? He's married to. Is he uh, still like in movies and stuff though? I don't think so. Is I think I don't. I don't think so. He's married right. to Sarah Michelle Geller, isn't he? Oh, is he? Buffy the Vampire oh, Slayer. Okay, okay. I think so. And oh, I think sure. yeah, he's, he's just sort of out. Jennifer Love Hewitt. They must be giving him a good payday for that then to get him to come out of their home yeah. life and their yeah. family life. That's a you know blast from the past. It, it is. I remember that the guy with the hook, right? He had the the killer yeah, had that little yeah. um, the hay bale hook thing. Anyway. All right, uh, this is something I'm interested in checking out. John Candy documentary that's put on by Tom Hanks' son, Colin Hanks, and Ryan Reynolds, working on a John Candy documentary for Amazon Prime Video, reporting that um, Hanks has been quietly directing the film, produced by Reynolds via his Maximum Effort production company. The documentary is being made with the full support of John Candy's widow, Rose, and their two children, Jen and Chris. They're going to have never-before-seen home videos, archives, interviews to explore the man behind the movie star. Mm. Thought that was kind of cool. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. The uh, you, know, you got John Candy. He's Canadian, right? He is a great Canadian. And Ryan Ryan Reynolds. He's Canadian, isn't he? Maybe there's something there. With, well, uh, I was thinking about this lately. Have you noticed? It seems like all the actors are Canadian. A lot of them are. We were just looking. Jim Carrey. Jim, I, Jim Carrey's Canadian. Go and look on Netflix. Yeah, there's a like ton. all the shows. They're no, all Canadian. Right. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, I think Canada has progressively been getting. Like Trailer Park Boys, that was a big one from Canada. Letter that, um, Kenny, you ever Letter see Kenny, that? Letter Kenny, along the same lines. Well, and even I think like Ginny and Georgia, and I, f- I feel like those are made yeah. in Canada. There's a lot of them like that, and Canada, Canada's really on the cutting edge of that. I think that they're one of the ones that are almost like like a European, like they kind of push the envelope with uh, the programming. It's truly original and different from American programming. Yeah, maybe and it's a little safe in America because it goes on yeah, more of a... Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I think they kind of ha- have a little more free reign and a little more um, creativity Smaller there. studios or yep, something that too. Like um, speaking of theaters, AMC is going to be charging now differently for the different seats in the theater. Have you guys heard about this? So, the new Sightline initiative is set to launch at theaters in New York, Chicago, Kansas City. They're going to roll it out um, eventually, but what it is is seats in the middle of the theater are going to cost the most. It'll be two dollars more than a regular movie theater ticket. If you want to sit in the middle, you want to sit in the back, that's regular price. You want to sit in the front, you get two dollars off. So the front, like say ten rows, two dollars off. The middle twenty, two dollars extra. The the last back rows, regular price. 
What do you so, think? So uh, prices now are what? Like twenty bucks. Like twenty. Eighteen bucks. Yeah, like for a a, a matin or an, uh, uh, an evening an one. An evening show. I think Where a matinee is like be, twelve. Like ten dollars. Ten or twelve. We well, younger. that's matinee now. I think matinees are ten or twelve. That's. Sa- I mean, just sounds like a airplane to me. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, very much like the airline kind of situation, right? Like, I wonder if they'll start. <laughs> start well, but I, but nobody goes. Where do you into like to the sit in the theaters? theaters? I li- we like sitting in the back. I yeah. like sitting towards the back. So to me, this isn't going to affect us because we already buy tickets in that range. But I guess there's a lot of people who like to sit in the front and the middle that this would affect them with. Yeah, I, I tend to sit in the middle, in the sort middle. of like middle middle. Yeah. So you'd be Dead paying center. the premium price now. You'd be paying two dollars more to sit there. I just haven't been into a movie theater where there's like many other people. Right. Yep. In a while. We went to the theater over the weekend for that Knock at the Cabin, the new M I M Night Shyamalan. What do you think about that? It was good, um, but it was it wasn't as good as some of his other ones. But I think you would really dig it. Definitely has some uh, religious connotations in there. Um, oh, okay. Uh, okay. Kind of about the Four Horsemen and the apocalypse, and uh, the whole premise of the movie is really interesting. Um, but we were there in the theater, and there must have been like less than ten people there, <laughs> including yeah. us. There was like maybe like ten total. Yeah, I went to see. Uh What's that one? Uh, gosh, the uh, Avatar two. Oh yeah, how was that? And it, I I like those movies. I think yeah, yeah. I think they're good. But I, I saw it in Minnesota, and it was just my family in right. the theater. It that was, that was it. Everyone else was in away from the snow. Have you heard about this? All the moons they found in Jupiter. They apparently they were at um, I think sixty something moons before this which was a lot. And now, 12 new moons have been discovered around Jupiter. Well, well, well. To a record-breaking 92 moons now that Jupiter has around it. Uh, that's more than any other planet in our solar system. Saturn, the one-time leader, comes in a close second with 83 confirmed moons. So, 96, 92 moons uh, on Jupiter. I thought that was really cool. And it seems like we're learning all this stuff seems like every year we're finding out more about our solar system with this new technology that we have. It's like the clearer cameras, the, they reach further, the stuff gold, like that. Uh, gold plates on the... Whatever, on yeah. The, uh, yeah. Yep. It's fantastic, right? I mean, I just that think is that's amazing. Like, it's really cool. Every year it seems like we're, we're learning something that we didn't know and we never it's known. It's all... Lies though, right? That those <laughs> right. planets are all flat. Yeah, that's all made in actually um, uh, Stanley Kubrick's studio. And no, I was thinking one of those little shadow boxes. Oh remember? yeah, like a diorama. That's all it yeah, is, just yeah, a it's, it's, it's actually a uh, second grade diorama. Right. Yep. <laughs> just leave it there. <laughs> just leave, just it, leave there. it at that. <laughs> uh, which planes are the safest in the uh, plane seating chart? According oh. to this, it's the rear cabin. 69% survival rate compared to 49% survival rate. So this is all based off of plane crash data and people who have survived based on where they're sitting, right? And they've compiled this information saying the rear cabin behind the jets, fuselage, and a lot of that stuff is actually the safest in the airplane. Well, that's where I always end up sitting. Right? Well, do you? Do you the, the key this week was do you pay more to avoid sitting in the back of the plane this might change your mind so the cheapest seat is the safest if that makes sense yeah right wild 
it's the most it's the least popular place to sit least convenient right safest but it's the safest so i've wondered that before they say uh this and this was an investigation by time magazine and they investigated 35 years of aircraft data so this is not just like over the past 10 years this is pretty uh profound they found that the seats in the back and the center were statistically the safest Sitting in an exit row in the back may provide the quickest exits in case of an emergency. While there are emergency exits near the wings, wings also store fuel, which can increase the risk, uh, risk of fire in that area. Will airlines start charging more for those seats in the back? Unlikely, considering air travel is still statistically the safest mode of transport, which is kind of crazy to me. But yeah, I guess so. Isn't that crazy? I I think you know yeah I'd wondered about this before. And I always tend to be in the back. Yep. Now, you know, whenever I'm in like a, you know, a big tin can hurtling across the ocean, <laughs> I'll rest a little easier yeah, no, knowing that if that you're in the, back, in the back, you're, you know, you're going to be statistically better. As off. I'm watching like uh, some sort of spy movie, it seems like <laughs> there are always spy movies on the airplane. All right. So there you go. Um, scientists suggesting a fourth traffic light color for self-driving cars. Before I reveal it, what do you think the color is? Uh, you know, to tell you the truth, I don't even know what colors are are on the uh, on the, the current, traffic lights and colored traffic lines. Lights. Oh, it's red, green, and yellow. That's what I've heard. <laughs> that is what <laughs> this I've heard. Is what I've heard. Right? I'm gonna say it's. Oh, gosh, they gotta do because. Uh, okay, can I tell a quick yeah, story? Yep. As a young person. Before, me and my brother are both colorblind. And we, as we looked at the green light, to us it looked white. So, the little crosswalk guy, Mm -hmm. we thought that also must be green. Right? right. So we thought, oh, it's green. We found out probably when we were around 27, 28 years old. And we called each other the same week and said, dude. Did you know? Did you know? (laughs) That the little crosswalk guy is actually a white light. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to say it's going to be a blue light. Oh, thought you were going to say white because they want to make it white. They're adding a fourth color traffic light. Supposedly they want to make it white. White light signals. That the- is the worst that is the worst choice. <laughs> they don't care about our I know, colorblind, colorblind community. Yeah, dude. Obviously. Gosh. They're okay. saying that white light signals that a car should simply follow the car in front of them and that both humans and autonomous vehicles could use this signal. Scientists say this could allow for more efficient traffic fl- flow through intersections. So that's kind of crazy, though, right? They're trying to figure out the right color, but you're saying for colorblind people, I, that's the worst. Well, I guess if it's for a car, they won't program to be uh, yeah to be a colorblind, to be a colorblind cars. car. They'll just be like people blind cuz that's their problem still. Like they just hit just toddlers right and through stuff, you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, so white traffic lights. I don't know, man. We'll have to see. Not autonomous cars. Oh yeah, we were talking about this off uh, off the air. This de- Oh hous- yes, yes. Housing developer guy goes on a hunger strike to build homes and I remember we were mentioned I was like, "Yeah, this isn't what hunger strikes are this- about." This is a very wealthy dude. <laughs> First of all, we will say that this guy, Nav- Nav- Navneet Aaron, has gone on a hunger strike at City Hall. This is in Sunnyvale, California, a very wealthy area by the Bay Area. Um, he- officials stopped his housing project because his team forgot to obtain approval from Santa Clara County. Right? So he didn't do 
what he was supposed to do, and now he's going on a hunger strike because they won't approve to build houses for him. This guy is not a political prisoner. <laughs> but judging, they, look at the look at this on hunger strike on hunger until, strike, death. until death. Allow construction. Allow construction he's got a day counter. Day six. <laughs> and he's got, I mean, he, that's a really nice sign. I know. It's like well and printed and It looks and like he's sitting in uh, very nice, it's probably the lobby maybe of the county building or something. I don't I know. I mean, gosh, come on. Come on. Like, think about it. There are people who actually are, you know, imprisoned by the Egyptian government or right. whatever. That's just a slap in the face. He worries. Uh, so he's saying, uh, on hunger strike until death, he's protesting the city's decision to stop construction of 18 townhomes on this place because his team forgot to obtain an and approval. And he forgot to obtain yeah, an approval. Yeah, it's his fault. Wow. That's not how stronger hunger th- strikes work, man. That's, uh, you know, I, don't, I hate to say it, but uh, it's I, ho- a, I hope it's, he keeps- That's uh, Ronald Reagan warmed over. I guess That's so. Man. What is it? The scariest sentence in the Dude, English language it's unreal, from man. the government, and we're here to help. Oh my God! Oh yeah, and then I love this last part. He says, "This is simply, I believe, a bureaucratic exercise between the two agencies." He submitted supposed complaint letters, but it turned out that half of the letters, however, were not authentic. So he had <laughs> all these. He tried to bring all these letters in to support his claim, <laughs> and they were all fraudulent. Like, a, like he wrote them himself. <laughs> Oh man, Navneet! Come on, yeah. come on, dude! Come on, do better, Navneet! Come on, dude! All right. Apparently, Cracker Barrel wants you to get married at their restaurant, or at least engaged, because they're trying to do this Valentine's. Can promotion. we do vowel renewals? <laughs> vowel renewals at Cracker Barrel. I would like. Yeah, that's what. Because I, you know, I went through the whole first marriage. Hey, you could do it. I thought, you know, we didn't really get to plan our wedding the way well, we look, wanted. I'm like, you know. Let's do it at Cracker Barrel. We'll Here, do a, yeah. Here's the requirements. Couples must post the video between Friday, February 10th and February 16th with the tag, hashtag, I said yes at Cracker Barrel. So that's your requirement. And then. So that Wow. That's really specific. You'll get a free year of meals. And they're giving it out to five couples who pop the question. What, what, what food does Cracker Barrel have? It's I don't know. Crackers? That's a good question. I guess it's just a backer, uh, barrel full of crackers. I don't know. No, um, I'm guessing like maybe like a Sizzler or uh, is it like uh, Dave's? Uh, you know, like, it looks like a hometowny like meat that's really mushy <laughs> and like lots of potatoes. Oh, mushy and meat, mushy meat and potatoes. Have you ever been to <laughs> famous Dave's? No, no. Oh man, it's it's just this is an East Coast squishy. thing, right? This yeah, is yeah, like I think East Coast, more East, like West, Southern, Midwest, yeah, maybe, yeah. Southern, yeah. Something I'm, like I'm that. not familiar with it. But that, that, yeah, they, Cracker Barrel. They do I have said rocking yes chairs in the barrel. front there. What if it was just I said yes to like more breadsticks <laughs> or whatever? Like, <laughs> it, it, that's true. Aha! That's that all we need. That's to That's all they need. That's right? true. You have that's to get true. married for this. I guess so. And then you get a, a year of free meals. They, look at those. Look, look at those. They're the, happy, that man. doting. That's the same couple, right? <laughs> no. So this is real. Yeah, look at yeah. That. That's the yes. same. They yeah. just look so wholesome. Yeah, apparently they met there and then they got married there or something like that. It was like they uh, they had their first date there and then they went back and got married or proposed or something oh, like that because it was their first date, just... you know. Oh, so there you go. I got divorced at Cracker Barrel. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't count. Uh, all right, that's it for us this week, guys. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all at Rock News Weekly. 
uh, everything at rocknewsweekly.com, twitch.tv slash rocknewsweekly. We post the videos up on YouTube, youtube.com slash at rocknewsweekly. So thank you, guys. We'll see you next week. All right, have a good one. Peace. See you later.